Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Well, again, thank you for being here this evening and for worshiping with us. And uh, just for the next few moments, I promise we'll be out of here on time. I said we'd be an hour, and uh, I've got about 38 minutes, and I promise we'll be before that. So is that all right? The intention of our Christmas Eve service is not that of having the largest service that we can have. Um, My intention always when we do these Christmas Eves is really just to be, have an intimate time, an intimate setting with our family. And uh, I know we have guests here, we have friends and families from, from some of you, and then all of our children are in here, and so uh, I'm well aware of that. And for some of you, that, that noise of children bother you. For me, I have four of them, and uh, it, it's, I've just kind of grown accustomed to kids screaming and yelling. But uh, it's a joy to be here tonight. And uh, I, am, I love this time of the year. I love being able to spend time with friends. I love being able to spend time with family. Um, it's, it's just a, a true blessing at this time of the year. I know for each of us, it's a time that we kind of slow down and we stop. And uh, typically, we begin to think through a lot of those things. We look back at uh, several uh, things within our homes, within our families. And uh, I know for me, tomorrow, I'll, I'll reach out to my sisters, and I'll say Merry Christmas, and I'll reach out to other friends and family that I may not speak to on a regular basis. But around these times of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Father's Day and Mother's Day, we always stop, and we always kind of look back, and we're thankful for so many things that throughout the rest of the year, so often we forget. And so um, I know for me, this week has been like that. I wasn't intending to say anything about this, but... Uh, I grew up in, in Ohio in a small little town, and uh, where we went to church, uh, they lost uh, one of our really close fr- childhood friends. Uh, it was a, a young lady that I grew up with. She's 37 years old, and she passed away uh, just this last week. It was kind of an unexpected thing. And so this week for me, I kind of I looked back on memory lane and kind of went through so many things where our families would get together, and that's what we do. At Christmas time, we just stop, and we begin to stop and think of so many different things with our families. And so my intention with our church has always been this, is that we would be a church that is a, uh, our, our, one of our statements is that we'd be a united family. And so one of the things that I truly strive to do and I strive to incorporate in everything that we do is that this is not just a place that we come to worship but this is a place where our family is able to meet together. And as new, new folks come in and as new guests come in and join in with our family, we always, that's my goal, is that you would be a part of the Oasis family. And so I pray tonight that it would be just a, a small little living room type setting where we could kind of be together and sing some Christmas carols and have a great time uh, opening up God's word here this evening. And so, again, I promise I will not be long-winded tonight. If that is possible for a pastor, um, but I, I will not be tonight. And I've chosen to continue in on the passages that we've been on these last several weeks. And uh, I'm going to really continue. If you were with us this morning, we went in Luke chapter 2 and we just uh, we ended in verse number 20. And this evening, I'm going to skip a few verses, but I'm going to go to verse number 25 tonight. And we'll be in, ver- in Luke 2 
verses 25 to 32. And we're going to look at a, a man, we're going to look at a story, uh, I guess a portion of the story of the, the Christmas story that we don't often uh, speak a lot about. And the man, his name is Simeon. And Simeon uh, says in this passage of Scripture that Simeon was, uh, had been touched by the Holy Ghost, had been filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and at one point in his life he was told that he would not die before his eyes would see the coming of the King. I don't know about you, but what an incredible thing to live your life. Again, I've shared this several times over the last several weeks, is that, that the children of Israel we're walking and talking and breathing and, and living life and going to church and doing so many different things. And it had been over 400 years since they last heard a prophet tell them and speak to them on behalf of what was going to happen and what was coming. And so here's this man, that's this Simeon, who was, uh, he had heard from the Holy Spirit that he had told him, hey, you will not die until you see the Messiah. Until you see the king. And I don't know how old Simeon was. But I can imagine that Simeon may have gotten to a point and he was going, all right. I'm, I'm, it's been a long time. Lord, I remember hearing this. I don't know how many of you, you've, you've gone through different things. And maybe if you're a church person or whatever it is, you may have thought over a course of time, man, this is getting really ugly out there. God, are you coming back at some point? We look around the world, we look around society, we look around at so many things and we're like, all right, I've read that Jesus is coming back. And I see all of this stuff taking place. And at some point, he's got to be coming back. And we're all, I hear it all the time, he's coming soon, he's coming soon. Do you know the, the people in Bible days said he was coming soon? That was a long time ago. But as we've watched the prophecies come through or come true and we've watched so many different things but here this man was he was told that he would not die until he saw the king saw the messiah saw his salvation saw his savior in front of him and we see this passage in verse number Luke 2 in verse 25 to 32 and I'll read that this evening I don't have everything up on the screens tonight and I hope that's okay with you but Luke chapter 2 and verse 25 says this, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him After the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all all the people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And, And so we see here. This man was told that he would not see death until he saw the Savior. Then he goes in, I love this part, and we'll get into it in just a moment, but I love the the whole thing where this man is walking, going into the temple. And as he goes into the temple, uh, Mary and Joseph had brought Jesus to go into the temple because it had been the eight days and they were going in to do uh, the, the culture, the customs there. And this man sees Jesus and he goes and he grabs Jesus 
and holds him. And he sees the Christ. And he says, now, now I can go. Now I can, I can, I can pass on. I can leave. I can die is basically what he said. And then he says, for mine eyes have seen my salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. And it says this, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Father, tonight I just pray that over these next few moments, Lord, I pray that you would uh, use your word to speak to us. Lord, I pray that it would be uh, just a time of sweet fellowship with one another. I pray that you would uh, just allow uh, a calm and a peace over the evening. Lord, I don't know if there's one that sits here tonight that does not know you as Savior. But Lord, if there is, I pray that you would settle their hearts tonight. Allow them to pay attention. Allow them to, to hear what you have to say to them. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us tonight that you, God, you would speak and ring true to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see there in this, this passage, it says that mine eyes have seen thy salvation. It says a light to lighten, or literally to a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And it says the glory of thy people. I love these phrases. I love the hope that it brings. But as we go through this passage of scripture, it says that Simeon was a righteous and a devout man. He was a man of great character. He was a man who was in touch with the Lord. And as I said earlier, the Holy Spirit had already uh, touched him and spoke to him that he would not die until he saw the Lord. Again, he was a righteous man. Similar, if we go back to the Old Testament, it would, it would say that Abraham was righteous. He was devout. That is, he was a, a, a reverent and a God-fearing man. He was careful to obey and to honor God and to allow God to, uh, or to lead an exemplary life. Simeon was used of God to be, I said it this morning, there was confirmation in when the shepherds came to Mary and Joseph. There was confirmation of this Christ. There was confirmation of the birth of a Savior. I can only imagine at that time there was, well I know it, there was a lot of people that were skeptical of what was going on. There was others that were, they would see this and they heard these things, and, but they were skeptical. I'm not sure about this, but time and time again, God in His timing brought forth the right people at the right time to do specific things to confirm that this child, this was the Christ, this was the Messiah, this was to be the Savior of the world, this was the hope for all of eternity. And Simeon was just another piece of that puzzle. Simeon was another man who did not have great wealth. He was just a normal guy But yet again, the Holy Spirit had spoke to him. The Holy Spirit had grabbed a hold of him. And in his obedience, walked into a temple on that particular night. Reached down and grabbed that baby Jesus. I look at that and I think, man, we come to church. I have four children. I don't know how many times I'm going to walk into a church building with my brand new eight-day-old baby and some random dude's going to walk up and be like, oh yes, if I could hold your child. 
For one, I know some of you as mothers, you, you barely take your kids out of the house for the first six months in case somebody gets sick around them. But eight days old, eight days old, and some guy walks up and he grabs a hold of that baby Jesus. And he looks at the baby and he took him in verse 28, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, that, Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. He carried that baby for just a brief moment. We don't know the exact words that he said, but it said that he blessed God. For he knew that his eyes had seen his salvation, is what he says in just the, the latter verses. I don't know about you. We've not had the opportunity to see God in human flesh, nor have I seen God any other way. But I will tell you this. I remember the day that I saw my salvation come across in a part of my body. When I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I recognized my sinfulness and I recognized what that was, But to imagine, to see it, to know that I had been told that I would not die until that time. And here this man did that. Let me just share with you a couple of very brief thoughts this evening. If we read this passage of scripture, he says uh, there at the very beginning in verse number 25, he said that he was uh, a, a a just and a righteous and devout man, that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. As I was doing my study, I thought, man, what does it mean? What is that consolation? And literally, Jesus came to be our consolation. That is this. He came to be our comfort. He came to be our encouragement, our solace. Simeon was looking for his personal consolation. He was looking for that salvation for himself, but not only for that, for his family, for his people, for the people of the nation of Israel, for that he lived, for the Gentiles that would see the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was looking for and waiting for the consolation, that comfort and that encourager. I don't know about you, I don't know where you sit this morning, but for each and every one of us that know Christ as Savior, there was a moment, there was a time in your life where you could reach out, and though you may not have been looking for your consolation, that comfort and that encourager came to you. I said it this morning that he was seeking whom, he was seeking you. Jesus, God, comes and came to seek after you and I. He wants you. He is seeking you. I've said it many different ways, but the Lord is just there knocking on your heart's door. He is seeking after you, and He's waiting for you to respond into a manner that that I would answer. And here we see this man was waiting, he was looking, he was, he was waiting for the consolation to come. He was waiting for his comfort, and it says again that when he saw it, he said, okay, I can now go. But before he did, he says, because my eyes have seen my salvation. My eyes seen the light that came to light the rest of the world, the, the light that came to be the revelation of an eternal hope that we would have in Him. This evening, it's just that He came to be our 
consolation. Jesus came to give us comfort in time of grief, in time of trouble, in time of worry. He isn't just anyone's comfort and consolation or encouragement. I'll say it in this way. He is mine. He can be yours or he already is yours. See, God's not just this big bubble cloud up there that's, oh, I just want to be the the comfort guy. I'm I'm the comfort God, and I'm just going to fairy dust everybody and give you comfort. No, he wants to be your personal comforter, your personal encourager. Every time I open up God's word and I say, God, speak to me today, he has the opportunity to do just that and comfort me and encourage me. Why? Because God's word says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word what? Was God. And every time I open up this word, he's able to speak to me. God's word says that he is, that the word of God is alive, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And as I read God's word today, I would challenge you, maybe you would say, ah, dude, you are crazy. I will challenge you this, go home today, go home tonight, tomorrow, whenever you want to do this, you go pick out one chapter in the Bible, go, I would say, go to John. Pick out some chapters in John and begin to read it. You can read the same chapter every single day and challenge God. God, I'm, I, don't, I don't really fully understand all this stuff, but I'm challenging you. I want to seek you. I want to know you. And would you speak to me today? I will promise you this. If you seek after God, he will personally be your comfort. He will personally be your encourager. And every day you could read the same passage of scripture for the rest of your life. And God will give you something new. I promise you. Because my God is alive. And my God is real. And as I read God's word, he speaks to me in different ways often. And that's not creepy and weird. That's a relationship that God desires to have with you. He wants to be our consolation. It says that he wants to be your salvation. The Holy Spirit has been at work forever. There's always been a time when the the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit has has come. And yes, uh, there's a lot of stuff we can get into theologically and all those things. But when we look at that, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has always been. And Simeon went to that temple to hold that baby. It was, what, it was that Holy Spirit that, that tugged on him to go hold that child. It was probably the, I don't know if it was a look in an eye. I don't know if it was how he saw Mary and Joseph. I don't know what it was. He may have been the only child that was there that day. I don't really know. But it was the Holy Spirit that said, go there. It was the Holy Spirit that said, hold that child. It's the same Holy Spirit that many times I can say in my life where I've, I've been doing something and he would say, just a tug on my heart, would you go talk to that person? And I'm like, no. Have you ever been there? <laughs> or maybe you're driving in the car. Men, this may happen more to you than it does to the ladies, but you're driving in the car and you look off to the side and there's somebody with a flat tire or whatever and you're like, man, I need to go stop. Maybe you drive by because you're busy and the Holy Spirit just keeps tugging on you. Hey, why didn't you stop? I know for me, I've been there so many times. And I know for me, I also use a lot of excuses. Well, there was cars and I couldn't just pull over. We do all of those things. But you know what? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that's tugging upon our hearts that does all of those things. 
And it's amazing to think that the Holy Spirit is moving in my life. If you know Christ as your Savior, He dwells in you. If you don't know Him, I don't fully understand how all of this works because I'm not God, but I know that my conscience inside of me is constantly at work. And for those that don't know the Lord as Savior, it's that conscience that draws you, it's that conscience that pulls you back and says, there is a God, there is a Creator, there is somebody greater than you. And this man was able to see for himself Simeon with his own eyes. He looked at the child, a baby, and he knew it was the Savior. He knew it was God in the flesh. He knew without a doubt who this babe was, that he was his salvation. Not just a king who would come to save a nation from their enemies, but he recognized him as the Savior of the world, eternally speaking. And that he would save men from their sin. This salvation would set Simeon and the rest of the world free. Think about that. Simeon said, as I saw that baby, as he, as he looks in the eyes of the baby, he said, I can now go. It literally set him free. Listen, let me share with you this morning. I don't know the bondage that you're in, but I will promise you, God wants to break those chains. He wants to set you free. Salvation will set you free. It will not make you perfect. It will not take every pain that you have and wipe it away. But I will promise you, God desires to break the chains. Why? If we look just back a few verses, what did we say? He was the consolation. He is the comforter. He is the encourager. He wants to break those chains for us. You cannot break the chains of bondage in your life. You can try to live as, as hard, strong-willed as you want. Listen, tonight, whatever your issue is, you can do all that you can. But you cannot break the bondage in your life. Only the blood of Christ can break the bondage in your life. And that is what he came to do tonight. Or, well, tonight, but thousands of years ago. This salvation would set Simeon free. The salvation would set you free. Tonight, I could speak on the light. The light that came to light every path. This evening, we're in a room that's dark. If we were to turn off all of these lights, it would be dark. I don't have to tell you what light is. We all are unaware of that. But when Simeon saw and looked at the face of Jesus, he said, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, a light literally to give the revelation and the glory of thy people Israel. Listen this evening, and I am done. God came to give you salvation. God came to lighten your path. Because in the midst of all of our chains, in the midst of everything that we face, in the midst of everything that's going on, there is but one light, and it's that of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that I can do to break my bondage. 
There's nothing that I can do. I can't be good enough to gain my salvation. Only in the baby that Simeon carried. Only in the baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes that lied in a manger. Only in a man who gave his everything to hang upon a tree. To die for your sins and for mine. Only then do we have salvation. For it is in no other name but the name of Jesus. And this evening as we look at this passage, as we come to a conclusion of the night, I would encourage you in several different ways. But one, to know That Jesus is your hope eternally. That God came to be your consolation. That He came to be your comfort personally. Your encourager personally. Do you know that? I know most of you in this room, most of you are church family or maybe family of church family. But I would just ask you that question. Do you know that most important answer in your life. If God come knocking on your door today, what would your response be? I've been good enough. I'm a pretty decent person. God's word says it's not of works. It's not my works. My works are as filthy rags is what he says in Isaiah. It's only... By the blood of Jesus Christ. So this evening, I ask you that question. And I will challenge you again, for those that are believers in this room, as I have every single week over the last four weeks, and really it goes on beyond that, but every single week for the last four weeks, I've challenged each and every one of us. If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been given a task You have been given the greatest gift that's ever been given. And it is our responsibility to grow in Him, to love Him, and to go and do something with that gift. What are you doing with the gift that God gave you of eternal life? What are you doing? Because this last thought of this series would be this, that we must proclaim. What an awesome testimony of a man named Simeon who was a nobody, who really did not do much of anything, but he walked into a temple, he grabbed that baby, and he said, you are the consolation, you're the comfort, you are my salvation, you are my light that I've been waiting for. And that's what I am called to do from now until the day that I die is to go forth and let people know of the salvation that God has given to me. The hope that I have in knowing Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.